0: Welcome to a year from now. I'm Matthew Schneeman. Music in this episode is done by me and Musical Corpses, an online music collaborative type thingy. Check it out if you like. Link in show notes. It's also an independent podcast, so please hook us up with some money if you can. We are going to get into today's episode. Can't remember what my intro is. Let's see. I'll play what I originally have has some similarities to a boo. It's about a 24, or 25 year old named Sam. His childhood was a bit chaotic. His family had money and presented as what would have looked like a good home and normal family, but behind closed doors things weren't that great. Oh, yeah, Sam had a hard childhood, as you'll hear, but he got out and made it Oh yes, Sam. This one has to do with uh, childhood trauma. what can do what that can do to your brain, your mind. Um, This episode has to do with some child abuse, so give yourself some space if you need to. Take it away, Matthew. Sam had a hard childhood, as you'll hear, but he got out and made it to university, where he did well, and almost reached the escape velocity to leave that rough childhood behind, but some things you can't run from. COVID hit, and he had nowhere to go but home. Actually, right next door to home, a barn and right now uh you're in you're in a barn right about
1: um
0: a little bit adjacent to your parents in this parents barn depending on them how does that feel
1: it's tough and it's kind of embarrassing but i also feel i guess kind of justified in it in the sense that it's like they didn't do much else for me
0: interesting setup interesting guy Start by saying your name and why I'm talking to you today.
1: Oh, I have to explain what the show
0: is.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, my name is Sam. And I think we're here to talk about my dissociative disorder.
0: And what does that mean?
1: It's really the sense of not being associated to your body or to reality. So it's almost like a lot of people talk about sitting in the back of your head, watching a TV show about your life or... Um, like it's all happening through glass.
0: You, you explained it wonderfully on Reddit, <clears throat> um, continuing with that analogy, you said it's kind of like that, that moment after when you're in a movie theater and you've just watched a movie in the credit trill and you mm-hmm. realize where you are and you're just like, wait, I'm not, oh.
1: Yeah. I think that's actually, uh, literally an example of dissociation
0: disassociation is a normal thing and we do it all the time dissociative disorder well that's when it's a disorder
1: yeah it's actually pretty debilitating like i call it losing time where i'll just find myself sometimes in a in another room and get frustrated with myself and realize that i've been spending i mean sometimes um over an hour just Talking to myself in my head.
0: Can you give me an example from today?
1: Yeah, it's funny because when you ask, I start to sort of go into it. My um, <laughs> I'll just find myself, you know, say trying to get ready for the day, getting in the shower. I'll turn on the shower, and then god damn it, I'm in the living room and it's been 20 minutes, and the shower's been hot for 20 minutes, and I'm sort of pacing in a circle, thinking about what I would say to my dad or, you know, in some situation that happened a long time ago.
0: hmm Did that happen today?
1: Yeah, that happened today.
0: Sam says his dissociative disorder is a response to childhood stress and trauma. Because the word sexual abuse would be, like, the shiny object of this interview, right, that has a lot of associations people can understand yeah. that as being... Yeah, yeah. Um, so i'm gonna try to put that away and not focus on that because that doesn't sound like
1: the the sexual abuse was something that they were aware of and weren't doing anything about um and i really think you know it still would have been a problem uh but not having but having the feeling that your parents don't care or that you're inconveniencing them by being upset about it, not having a safe place to go to, you know, that that really, I think, c- created the sense of general unsafety that I have.
0: Sam's dad avoided things, emotions. Perhaps this came from what his dad had to go through when he was young.
1: Well, he, he's not an introspective person at all. I, like, he would never... He almost deifies his own father. His dad died when he was 19 years his old. His oldest brother had schizophrenia and had to be hospitalized. So then the, the next youngest brother was a uh, pretty severe alcoholic and was in and out and of then rehab. My my grandmother had breast cancer and developed a painkiller addiction as a result. So there were... it was about five, 10 years there where he was just the main caretaker of his family. And this was when he, starting when he was 19 years old. His
0: mom had issues too, anxiety, which left the kids neglected. When you said need to get food, what do you mean?
1: You know, my mom had a lot of anxiety and wouldn't ever prepare food for us. So sometimes there wasn't food in the house and you know we were kind of well off, so we would just they would just say, okay, we'll get takeout tonight, and then it just kind of wouldn't happen. Mm. Um, so we weren't starving or anything, and there and you know if worst came to worst, there was you know there were a lot of nights where we ate like brownie batter for dinner or ice cream <laughs> for breakfast, <laughs> which is the worst thing. Um,
0: for some reason, I really latched onto the brownie batter detail. <laughs> Asked him a lot about it. Well, when you had brownie batter for dinner, was it?
1: <laughs> you you, you or love or this you... story, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Which, yeah, we sometimes it's... made not like we had tostitos in the house. We had like, <laughs> and we would like microwave cheese on those. So that was probably that was a lot more common than brownie batter.
0: Yeah. Is that something mm-hmm. that you subconsciously crave, or is it something? No. That
1: like, the opposite. I'm like, yeah, I don't. Ice cream. Yeah, I guess it's the opposite. I I, I gross out at, like, this ice cream and stuff. It makes me feel sticky and slow and stupid. Yeah. It's funny, like, back then we just thought. We, would, like, watched Malcolm in the Middle on TV and you just think you're a funny, shitty family and <laughs> and then it's like, wait a second. I'm not a parent. I, I don't like ever run into kids in my life. But if I see like a kid on TV or like just like around town or whatever, the idea of saying or doing the things that that my parents did is so mind-boggling that. Uh, mm. Yeah.
0: What were some of the things that you remember?
1: Like, for instance, calling the cops on me when I was 10, I was crying and, like, I was saying, like, I want to die, I want to die, I hate myself, I want to die. And so they called the cops and the cop, like, sat me down in the kitchen, like, I mean, first of all, this is such a creepy thing, like, this is not what police are for. And, like, did, like, an authority figure explaining to me that if I didn't calm down, he was going to come back and (laughs) take me to... A hospital. And then I like ran over to the coroner and I don't know why, but he came back and he was like, do, you, do I need to put handcuffs on you? I was like, no, sir. And he took me to the hospital when I was 10.
0: This led to Sam being medicated with drugs he now thinks weren't appropriate. When Sam was 15, he took himself off of those meds and he found himself basically a child in this big old house with a lot of resources but utterly alone
1: yeah i had my own room with its own bathroom and i would just not see people for you know weeks at a time i would i i was i made myself nocturnal on purpose just so i wouldn't have to see people
0: oh my lord that's
1: (laughs) yeah Sam. my heart just
0: opens because i just want to be able to go (laughs) you know thank you Pat you on the back and pick you up and say, hey, buddy. I mean, you were 15, so you're not, maybe not pick you up, but just...
1: That's pretty fat, too. Abilify. <laughs> um, plumps you up.
0: Oh, that's so sad, you know. Sam has been working hard to connect with the world again, get over his disassociative states, and he's facing his issues head on.
1: I really would like to, well, be more present. Absolutely. If things have been going the way, they're gonna, the way they've been going in my life, I'm going to be a lot realer than I was, as, you, as you've spoken to me now. That's a real goal for me, and it's something I, I take pretty seriously.
0: And if that sounds like Buddhist or meditation-ish stuff, it's because it is. Did you uh, meditate today?
1: Today, I only meditated for an hour, but generally speaking, I meditate th- three, four hours a day.
0: One of his Reddit posts was about meditation. The falseness of thought was one phrase he used. The falseness of thought. I think that's something that people who aren't familiar with meditation would mm. have a hard time understanding. Can you uh, describe that, perhaps?
1: When you started asking the question, I, started, I was like, yeah, I got this. And then <laughs> now I'm thinking, it is kind of hard to talk about. Um, the,
0: the ineffable uh, you're kind of into philosophy, aren't you? Do you ever study uh, Wittgenstein? Love Wittgenstein. One of his most famous phrases was, "That which cannot be said must be passed over in silence."
1: Mm-hmm. Wittgenstein, he also said, "The world is all that is the case," <laughs> and I think that's also that's also a great uh, sort of meditation. I was just going to say, as far as like the falseness of thought goes, a, a lot of what we think of is true about the world is actually context that we're constantly providing ourselves.
0: It's like our brain that's putting the world together isn't always reliable, but what can
1: you trust? It's just sort of a, a knowledge uh, that innate knowledge (laughs) that comes with being alive that says that's not what's happening right now. That's not um, a part of this moment. That's just something you're bringing with you.
0: It's all pretty highbrow, weird stuff, but Sam has been disconnected from his body, his experience of being alive, and these lofty philosophical ideas, they're not just intellectual ping pong, but actually a helpful way for him to see that he is part of the world, how to trust his mind, even though his mind keeps hijacking him and pulling him away from the present moment or whatever. And speaking of the present moment, fuck the present moment, we're taking a time machine a year later I don't really, rec- it may have been a- around a year. may have been longer. All right, let's zoom through that year in this nice time machine. And return to Sam. Time machine, slow down. Whoa, that was a bit too quick. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it is Pacific. Wait, we set up this for um Pacific time, right? You're in.
1: I'm in LA. You're in LA. Yeah, You're I moved across the country.
0: Get the hell out of Dell.
1: Yeah, the hell out of fucking Delaware.
0: <laughs> what happened in the previous year?
1: I think we talked before. I had the psychotic episode. I had a really bad trauma-induced psychotic episode. I mean, it's the experience is just like overwhelming fear. <laughs> it's not that interesting. I ran to my neighbor's house. Um, I, I I thought I remember at one point I thought like nuclear bombs were going off, and so I was mm-hmm. like freaking out on <laughs> in his house.
0: So it was it wasn't just an emotional no no um, it's like An emotional state, but you were having um, distortions.
1: Yeah, like I remember running through the woods and like seeing like black crows everywhere, like flying, like reacting to my emotions. So that was weird. (laughs) And at one point I thought I was controlling the weather. That was a bad week. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. I talked to someone who had a similar experience and they thought they were controlling the weather as well.
1: Really? I, I, that's interesting. What do you, did they know what that was?
0: This is a meme from another episode. He talked about how before he learned that his dad died, he had a sign.
1: Before, before that, I had a sign. Like, I was, when, when I was in the, the ambulance car, I heard, I heard a song by Katy Perry. Are you ready for the perfect storm? And I felt like I also felt the pressure in my head, my forehead. And there was a huge storm. And uh, I felt like also it was connected to me, like, and uh, on so, through the trees, through the trees, I saw like a baby forming, like there was an image of a baby forming through the wind. I don't know. Did, how
0: to, what do you think that means?
1: Maybe a reincarnation. I don't know.
0: The mean psychotic episode happened after smoking weed, it kind of flipped his switch. Sam contributes weed to his episode as well. Mm. I don't think we talked about weed back then.
1: Really? No. I mean, I was just smoking way too much weed. And that had a huge, huge impact on the psychosis. I don't think I would have had that experience if I wasn't high all the time. It's like a dam breaking. I mean, or it's like a hernia in your brain or something. Like everyone just has like a weak spot. And if you put enough pressure on it, it just looks different for different people. Like for some people, it's like bad OCD or I don't know.
0: Sam had to cut out smoking so much weed. This helped stabilize him a bit. That's not too surprising. But what did surprise me was something else that he needed to stop doing. Are you still meditating?
1: Uh, no. At the time, I was meditating because I was trying to, I think. Sorry. <coughs> yeah, I think I was just looking for something that didn't exist. That was going to light everything up for me. I think a lot of times it's best for me just, like, to not sit there and do that crazy stuff in my head. Like, I think it's better to just live as embodied as possible.
0: Amin had a problem with meditation, too. He told me that he once meditated to make his computer run faster. There was a link between the meditation and him becoming less connected with the world. In fact, he said his life became more stable when he stopped meditating. So you haven't done anything in particular? It's just kind of naturally you're not having as many hallucinations?
1: Yeah, because I stopped uh, I stopped doing meditations and stuff like that. And I stopped, like looking into it very much.
0: That's odd. So you stopped meditating on it, and that actually helped? Yeah. Now... This isn't a medical show, this isn't medical advice. Weed and meditation can be great tools for a lot of people, but we're all individuals. And you need to learn who you are, how you react to the world, what works for you. And by the way, it's not gonna be one thing. Unfortunately, that's a lesson I think we all know. I once heard a phrase I like, there's no silver bullet, but there might be silver buckshot. A lot of little tools. Sam's at a different starting point. He just needs to learn how to exist in kind of a fundamental level. A level that many of us take for granted.
1: For other people, uh, they don't have to, like, re-find what emotions are like in their body. Like, they know what. When they're feeling sad, they can be like, "I'm feeling sad." They don't need a therapist to like tell them <laughs> and explain <laughs> what sadness feels like and slowly. So that means stuff like that. Feel like, yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. When I started therapy, I was I told my therapist I have I have narcissistic personality disorder and I need your help to to, to cure it because I, I don't want to hurt people. And I was like, I don't have feelings. I can't connect with anybody. And, but slowly, like, I just had to learn what it was like to have a body.
0: I then made a pretty long-winded analogy involving Prince. You don't really need to hear it. It got a little
1: confusing. Am I the, as the emotion Prince, or am I Prince? <laughs> uh, the, the emotion is Prince. Yeah, 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 that's funny. That's true. I think that was true, especially for love. Like, I could, it, yeah.
0: How did how did you? It's act, embarrassing. How did you talk about love, um, before you knew to use that word, or what did it feel like?
1: Se- uh, sex, is... I thought I just <laughs> was having a great time during sex, uh, but it was like a s- space where I could, where I felt like I I could be connected and myself. And it's like not till recently that I was like, oh, it's not about them. It's about like trying to find like that warm thing in my chest.
0: It's weird when we think of I love you, the you is almost the most important word in that sentence. But just being able to feel love is fundamentally the most important thing. And that's not always given. It's been a long road for Sam.
1: With my therapist now, we got like the records from the psychiatrist, and it's like just abuse. Uh, they were just lying and making stuff up.
0: Really? Yeah. That's in my nuts. interview,
1: I was like, in my, I said, you know, I get sad for fifteen minutes every other day, but my parents say I'm like too angry. I mean, they they just are. Totally gaslighting me with with this psychiatrist. And they had me medicated by the time I was 11.
0: Did you have any distrust based off of that uh, experience of being medicated when you think you shouldn't have been?
1: I do. I, it did give me like a very hardcore thing with authority where I just like can't. That's like I sometimes just can't deal with it. Like even just sitting in a classroom sometimes. It's just so <laughs> infuriating to me that there's someone up there. Acting like they're <laughs> better than me. So it's, it's just that's maybe up. my narcissism coming through, oh, yeah. but like I, oh, yeah. I it, it looks. I guess like the thing I just see it as because of my dad. I just see it as like a lying threat. Like I, I don't have much experience with justified authority figures, so yeah, that that probably is what came out of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you remember anything else from the old documents of when you were um, in treatment as a kid?
1: Well, I mean, it was it was mostly just illuminating to see how innocent I was at the time, because because the, back then you feel it, I was like I'm going here because I'm doing something wrong. Like I, my behavior is fucked up in a way that I can't understand. Um, and how I think I was trying my best to do whatever I was supposed to be doing. So.
0: Are there any phrases that you remember from those summaries when you were looking at them?
1: I remember that like the psychiatrist asked me to describe myself and I said, I'm, I'm usually really happy and angry. And I'm like, that sounds like me. <laughs> that sounds like me.
0: how would you describe yourself (laughs) now
1: happy and angry and also a little bit sad and scared
0: (laughs) sam's story for me shows the philosophical truth that our minds both observe and generate the world and learning the distinctions between those can be difficult but Sam he kind of talked about a certain stillness where that can become clearer I brought up a Wittgenstein quote earlier and I think it speaks to that when you can simply be and observe the world. Whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. There are questions of reality, feelings, your emotions, they can mislead. So how do you know what's solid? Sam thinks that there's something that we're born with, a built-in instruction that's there if you can take the time to hear it.
1: It's just sort of a a knowledge that innate knowledge (laughs) that comes with being alive that says that's not what's happening right now that's not um, a part of this moment that's just something you're bringing with you
0: thank you for listening a year from now is an independent podcast please support on patreon if you can or a one-time donation Uh, both links are in the show notes we desperately desperately need them Um, I'm Matthew Schneeman the music was done by Dawview and me Dawview is a YouTube channel it's kind of improv experimental music make a song in an hour very cool Uh, link in the show notes you can watch the process and that's all I've got Um, I'll see you a year from now That's a tagline. I mean, an an episode will come out next week. It's a bad tagline, isn't (laughs) it?